Yo, this is Pastor Tito here welcoming you to another episode of my revolutionary podcast where I'm here to help you find faith in Christ and how to follow through with your life. And we are doing that by looking at the Ten Commandments, all right? It's an oldie, but a goodie. And there's a lot still uh, up to debate on whether Christians today, should we look to? Does the Ten Commandments matter in our life? Well, yes, it does. But also, the whole point of this is also to help us to see how it matters, why it matters, and that there's actually more to the Ten Commandments than we realize. They're not 10 separate things, but rather all interconnected. And so we are going to continue looking at two commandments at a time, one from tablet number one compared to one from tablet number two. And let's look at the connection that exists between commandment four and nine. There is no one, no one, no one like our God. And guys, I want you to even to reflect on that statement there. There is no one and nothing like him. And I know for so many of us, like we just declared that song, you deserve it. And he does. And I know that could be maybe frustrating for some of us because we know he deserves better and we know he deserves more. And because we know he deserves better than what we can offer, that might keep some of us from offering anything. Tell me I'm not the only one. Anybody? I know I'm not the only one who's like, God deserves better than what I can give him. So I feel like it's embarrassing to even give him my life or my service is just so, you know, unworthy that, uh, no, see, it doesn't matter, guys. See, God, this is why he is good enough because we are not. We're not good enough. Now, it doesn't mean we don't give him our leftovers. No, we give him the best that what we can. And that's important. So I want to challenge you, even in this moment now, all right? Even in this moment now, as we go to do something that people have been doing for thousands of years, all right? I love God's word for a reason. This is something, talking about God deserves all the praise and the glory. God's word and the gospel message is so simple, a child can get it. Yet it is so deep that theologians have not even gone further than just scratching the surface of the depth and riches of how God's word is. That's amazing. If you think about that, it's simple for a child to get. And yet so profound that some of the smartest ones ever can't even wrap their heads truly about all of it. But see, this is what's so awesome about God, guys, that if we give him our attention and our love, he deserves our attention too. And when we give it to him, he makes a difference. So we are doing something, talking about something that people have been talking about for a long time. For everybody online or in person, we've been talking about the Ten Commandments over the past few weeks. We've been doing a five-week study on ten. And the reason why we're doing five on ten, we're doing it half the amount of time, is because we are showing the connections between two commandments every single week. And so that for some of you, if you maybe you have the image, you've seen the movies or something like that, you've seen the pictures, all right? The Ten Commandments is written on how many tablets, anybody that's been hanging out here online, write it on, flash them up, two, all right? The Ten Commandments are written on two tablets for a reason. The first five deal with vertical relationships between you and your creators, God. Notice as a creators, God and your parents. Your parents aren't on your level. They're above you. You'll see when we get next week. Next week's gonna, you know, it's gonna touch a nerve. But anyways, when we're gonna do that one next week. But 
the first five deal with your vertical relationships between you and your creators, while the other five deal with your relationships between you and your neighbors, the horizontal ones. And we've been showing the connections between the two, that God's word is not just separate 10 things. No, this is this interconnected truth. It's amazing. And so today we're going to look at the connections between number four and number nine, and we're going to discover how you and I can actively wreck our lives and relationships if we don't understand the connection between these two principles. So let's look at the first one. Here we go. I want you guys to join me, uh, everybody online here. We got uh, we have it on the screen. So if you don't know where we are, we are in Exodus chapter 20. Okay, I know I'm not the only one who someone the pastor says, uh, let's go to, and then I'm just kind of flipping, pretending like I'm looking where I'm at, but I really don't know, but I don't want to be that guy. Oh, I'm not the only one. Oh, I'm not the only one. See, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, I got it. Okay. And so anyways, 20, we're going to read a few verses, eight through 11. Okay, so here is commandment number four. All right, God says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must do, you must not do any work, you, your sons, son, your daughters, your male or female servants, your livestock, the resident alien uh, who is within your city gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. And then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declares it holy. There's that word again. All right. So this one is maybe one you've heard of. Maybe it sounds a little familiar. Now, I'm, I'm going to do my best here, okay? Because this one is, is, I did a series on this last, week, uh, last year, all right? So if you, look on, if you look up Rhythms of Rest, I did a three-week series on this single commandment. This is an amazing one. It's the one that gets slept on the most, and, and we're going to talk about that one briefly. So if this moment, if these next nine minutes or so uh, kind of spark an interest, you just got to go to our website, tabernacleofgod.church, and you'll be able to look up Rhythms of Rest, and there's three little sermons there on breaking that down a whole lot more than I can do right now in the next eight. So I want to stop wasting time. Here we go. Now, this commandment, what does this mean? Obviously, you guys get the gist of it. What is God telling us not to do? Almost every commandment is don't do something right? Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And if you look at the rhythm so far, number one, don't have any other gods before me. Number two, don't make any idols and worship them and serve them. Number three, don't take my name in vain. Number four, don't work. But before we got the don't work, there was something else, right? We see something very unique and there's something that I got to highlight. And I do want to mention this. This commandment is the longest of the 10. That's interesting. It's the longest of all of them. And guys, these little details matter. God does not miss on a detail like this. If he took his time to give a real in-depth, I mean, look, when it came to murder, it's like, don't do it, all right? Came to adultery, don't cheat on your wife, all right? Don't do that, don't do, don't do, don't lie, don't, you know. Here, he took his time for something. And I think this one, the reason why he, God took his time to explain is because this is the one that we'll think, oh, I understand it. Okay, got it. Yeah, don't work. Okay. Like, and we'll kind of be quick to it. Also, did you notice, how did it start? It said, remember. Every time I say, like, I think of Mufasa right now. Remember, right? Anybody's like, I love that movie. So you think of, he says, remember. Remember this. Only commandment God says, Remember. He doesn't say, remember, don't cheat. Remember not to kill somebody. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did it. I totally forgot my bad God. I'm surprised. I didn't know I'm supposed to kill somebody. Like, I mean, we literally don't have that on anything else. None other than this one commandment, 
remember to literally take a day off every six days, work for six days, take one day off, rest, relax, and we'll briefly talk about that. This is important, why? Because first off, I did it for a reason. All right, God, this is God's creation order where he makes the world in six days and the seventh day he rests. And so this is interesting, guys. God tells us to remember this because I, I believe this is probably the one thing that you and I will forget. The reason why God says remember is because we'll tend to forget this commandment. And he goes into depth on it because it's one that you'll think and we'll rationalize quickly because it doesn't make, the other ones, we all get it. All of the other ones, honor your parents. We'll do that one next week, right? Don't have any other gods. Don't worship them. Okay, got it. Don't take God's name in vain. Okay, don't kill. Don't, okay, I get it. That all makes sense. Take a day off every six days. Really? No, that one doesn't seem that critical, right? You feel me on that? Like if you think about all of the other ones, this one looks like the weakest one. All the other ones make sense. This one does not. Why? It doesn't make sense. And I think this is the one that you and I can, you know, go and kind of throw off the most. But guys, this is huge, okay? Because this commandment, number one, tells us this. This commandment tells us that your purpose is not production. You got to hear this, guys. Your purpose in life is not production. You need to remember, who's he talking to? God is talking to a bunch of former slaves, okay? The Hebrew people were delivered I mean, not too much before this. I mean, this is kind of all fresh in their minds. And God is interacting with them on the mountain, giving them a law in order to show them how to live as a free people and how to enjoy a relationship with him. And so he is telling, in order, when he says, every six days, I want you to take a day and everybody relax. They don't know what that life is like, all right? As a slave, what do you think the, you know, slaves don't get the weekends off. They don't get holidays, that's why you're a slave, you know? I mean, it is all day, every day. And remember the only God that these Hebrews, former slaves have interacted with is a God called Pharaoh, who said, I am the representation of God here on earth. And Pharaoh just wants you to make bricks. Bricks, 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 bricks. That's all he did. That's all he cared about was production. Do, 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 do. And when God tells these people, look, you're gonna work for six days, but you know what? Take a, I want you to take a day off everything, everybody take a day off. God is in essence telling that people, I'm not Pharaoh, by the way. I'm not him. You don't exist just to be my puppets and to be my servants. That's not the point. Work is important. Work is not a four letter word, guys. It's an important one. Okay. And, but he says in essence with this commandment, I am not your Pharaoh. I'm a different God. I'm different. Your purpose is not production. Your purpose is bigger than that. Your purpose is for me, all right? This is humongous for us, guys, because especially think about us today. In a world right now where what do we do? It's like a badge of honor to hustle, right? No days off, right? Grind, all of those things. I mean, that is a badge of honor. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who you've ever talked to somebody, say, yo, how you doing? And you go, busy, but good. Anybody, anybody, anybody? Why do you say that? First off, why do we say, oh, I'm busy? I'm busy. I'm doing good. I'm busy, though. I'm busy. It's like we're proud of that. Like, we are proud of the fact that, bro, I got a lot going on. I got, in fact, I got too much going on. I can barely handle. But that's, that's what we do, right? That's, that's just kind of what? No. See, guys, this world will constantly want you to be on the go. Go, 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 go. And it wears you out. 
And I, I, I truly believe this, that this rhythm, by the way, what are we supposed to do once a week? It's not just we're just going to stop and be lazy. No, you're supposed to do stuff on this off day. You're supposed to spend this extra time. Remember, what did he say? Remember the Sabbath day. And it's not just about remembering to take a break. It's also to remember God. Think of all the commandments so far we've done. The first four all deal with God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, who delivered you from a land of slavery. So don't have any other gods before me. Don't create any other idols and worship and bow down and serve them. Don't take my name in vain. And just look, just don't forget me. In essence, don't forget to take a day off, but it says, don't forget me. Don't forget everything that I've said, what I've done, who I am. The whole point of taking this day off and breaking up the rhythm is so that we don't lose sight of what matters most. And what matters most is not your accolades, it's not your job, it's not your bills, it's not your this, it's not what you're building up. Or, no, what ma- there's more to life than this. We're supposed to remember him. So we don't lose sight of him. Guys, I know it. I know I've experienced this and I've seen it between a lot of you guys that I know. We are so much prone to spiritual attack, all right, when we are not rested in God, when you're tired, when you're exhausted. I really think that's one of the biggest strategies that the enemy has is to get you to just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. It seems simple. It doesn't seem evil. Work harder. Keep going. What else can you do? Keep moving. Keep moving. And then you are so mentally exhausted and physically exhausted, emotionally spent, that now you are, <laughs> he's, you're, you're nothing to him now because you have nothing to muster because you are gassed. And he's beat you now. It's it's harder to resist temptation when you're feeling that kind of way, when you're running on empty. Anybody with me? You know this is true. I think think one of the biggest spiritual attacks that we experience is just being busy, that we don't have time for God. I can't, you know, we, we, we do like fast food spirituality with God. It's like, you know, we grab and go, it's grab and go, it's grab and go. Never slow cooked, never that home cooked, you know, 13 hour brisket. I know I'm talking about lunch right now. Remember when you smoke that stuff for that long, bro, it hits different. It hits different. Okay, McRib ain't got nothing on that kind of ribs, nothing. All right, it hits different. And so God is telling us, listen, there needs to be a rhythm to your week so that you don't lose sight You don't lose sight of what matters most, and it's not the things of this world. This matters. You have a purpose in life, but your purpose is not just your production, just to serve me and to do this. No, it's also me. So this is a huge, huge thing that if we understand it, guys, it really helps us a lot. And and I want you also to kind of process who, who, who God is, okay? Because there's a positive to this, and it also helps us to understand God. Because in essence, what God is really reminding his people here, your purpose is not production. And also take a break, because if you don't learn to take breaks, you are going to break down. Anybody had an emotional, mental breakdown? Anybody had your body just break down on you because of you sleep inconsistently, you eat inconsistently, right? There's just so much going on. You don't give your mind a break and then you just snap. I've had a lot of those. I've had a lot of those. And this is why this rhythm is so important, guys. And let me just give you a a quick summary. Again, you can look at the series later. But the one thing that you're supposed to do every six days, all right, take a break from whatever your regular rhythms are, okay? Take a mental break and do something 
purposeful, intentional, that you're filling up, that you're refreshing your mind and your emotions. If it's hanging out with certain people that, man, when you walk out of hanging out with them, bro, you just feel better. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Maybe it's a best friend you're just going to call and talk to. You know, maybe, uh, uh, here's a good one, guys. Maybe take a, uh, maybe, no, you should take a break from social media, a good, at least once. Uh, I mean, so much of social is just consumes our time. And a lot of it, let's just be real, it can be you know, some of it's good, some of it's not, and, and it stresses us out. To take, turn the news off one day out of the seven. The world is going gonna to be fine, okay? It's, it's going to be fine if you just unplug. But it's so important for our mental health, for us to break things up. Listen, when it comes to work, take one day that you're not thinking about work. You're not strategizing. You're not trying to figure out, oh, what do I got to do? This, you know, I know work is important. Just prioritize that so you can take one whole afternoon and evening just to unplug and give your, give your mind a mental vacation once a week. That's, that matters. Even your body. These are so important things. So that, that's kind of like the rule of thumb, guys, is just whatever you do normally, don't do it for one day. And do something else that, you know, invigorates you, that, that fills up your tank. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's exercising. Sometimes I like doing the cutting the grass. Like, there's just something about, this is how you know, bro, you know, this is how you know when you hit a level when... When you're just so infatuated with your lawn lines, man, you know, that's just me. All right, just, you know, I got my lawn lines. I like to work on my lawn lines and do that. That's just old people stuff. And so I love that. I love that. But guys, it's important to do things like that. I, I know, and I don't want to, I want to be sensitive at this moment because I know mental health is a thing that we keep on hearing all the time and, and it's a complicated thing, but I, I know you, come on, you, you, you gotta be, this is common sense. So much of what we eat is processed food. Chemicals in there are messing with the chemicals in our head. And the fact that we are always on the go, constantly doing, constantly going, going, what are we going to do? And it's constantly that, that your brain doesn't get a break. And then, you, you know, none of us are really eating all that well. Most of us aren't active. And so we're physically not right. And so it all accumulates and then we're not doing good. And when we are not doing good, we are no good to anyone. Guys, this matters. This is a huge one. This regular rhythm matters because when you remember, it's not just to remember to take a break. It's also to remember him. And you look back at the past and back into the future. Guys, you know what we're doing it right now. Why do Christians usually, why is a church, right? We are gathering right now on every week on a day that this is, you know, a day that we want to break up the rhythm. We don't do this every single week. Why do we have this regular rhythm of taking a break and engaging in worship in this way? It's to remember God, all right? It's to remember him. And we, we're, you know, the worship leaders here, I want to challenge you. I want to tell you, all right, that from the beginning of the service to the end, it is very intentional about what is selected and done. And well, the worship leaders pick songs to say, what truth do you guys need to hear and be reminded of today? Because it's so easy for us to go and go and go and we forget important details, important things. This weekly rhythm matters. Why are we doing this right now? Because we are reflecting on the past right now. We are looking back at the past and looking at what God has done and said so we can look forward to the future. Guys, that's a big one right there. Imagine if you took a break once a week and just looked back at the week and had a conversation with your spouse and kids. Like saying, guys, what was your favorite part of this week? What was your favorite part of this week? What didn't go well this week that we can learn a lesson from? That sounds like a conversation. Yeah, it's called talking. It's, it's a part of relationships, guys. It matters. Like, imagine that. You know, so many good things happen 
So many good things happen in your life that you don't truly appreciate it because you're already thinking about what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next. You're constantly on the go and you are missing out on so many things. So many things. This commandment matters. God, in essence, is saying, listen, you got work to do. Get it done. You got out of seven days of the week. Go ahead. But one day, make time for me. Spend some extra time with me. You guys are doing it right now as you're getting into God's word. Make some extra time with me. And that's what I love about God. Do you know that God is never too busy for us? Do you know that every time you and I will call on his name, he's there? God is never too busy for us. My guy always makes time. Compare that to us. How many times have we looked like, I'm too busy right now to, to read. I'm too busy right now to think. I'm too busy right now to pray. I'm too busy right now to go to church. You know, and he, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about that. He says, don't give up meeting every single week like some are in the custom to. Why? And now, woo, 2021, bro, with online and everything, I mean, there is no excuse to miss out on something. Even if you got to work, you can check it out later. Why even the book of Hebrews, why did that author say don't miss out on that weekly rhythm? Because that weekly rhythm actually helps you to develop a daily one, guys. Telling you, I've been around the game long enough, I've seen it. Those who slack on their weekly gatherings, slack on daily encountering God. I see it all the time. Your weekly, if you slack on your weekly, you're going to be slacking on the daily. And those who, and then it flips the opposite. Those who are the most intentional about gathering, whoa, that's weird, okay. There you go. All right. I'm making sure everybody was awake. Those who are the most intentional about gathering on the week, I actually see a correlation. They tend, to, they tend to go and spend more time with God on a daily. Guys, this matters. And God is never too busy for us. We're always the one to say, God, I don't know. I don't got time for you right now. I got to do something that's more important. Man, that's us. So that's the commandment. But God, he's always available. Look how gracious he is. So that's commandment number four. Take a day off every six days. I'm telling you, that's changed my life. All right. That's changed my life when I incorporate that. Check out Rhythms of Rest if you want to learn more about it. I can help you out. All right. The other one. Let's look at commandment number nine. Ready? Back to Exodus. Let's look at Exodus 20 verse 16. All right. We'll put it on the screen. Here we go. This is going to be a quick one. Do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Here's your horizontal one. Don't give false testimony against your neighbor. Let me rephrase that. In essence, do not lie. Don't lie. Don't lie to your neighbor. Don't lie about your neighbor. Do not lie. Now, this one again makes sense. Okay, uh, does anybody here, okay, do you like liars? Yes or no? Of course not, right? This one would be like, I get it, all right? I get it. This is easy enough. God does not like it when we lie. For a lot of reasons. God does not like it when we lie, guys, because what is a lie? What is a lie? A lie is not loving someone. Do you lie to someone you love? No. Now, some of us, you know, I know this is kind of, some, I know somebody, I felt it. I know somebody's already beginning to rationalize it. I, I know it. Well, like, whoa, 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 what about? Okay, okay. Obviously, not to lie means to do what? Tell the, everybody help me out. Not to lie is to do what? Tell the truth. That's a good, remember, for all of our do nots in the commandments, if it says don't do this, then what should you do? The opposite, right? And so don't lie, meaning tell the truth. Guys, is it easy to tell the truth sometimes? No, it's not, right? And when you got your boss, when you got your friend, when you got your, your wife or your husband, you, they, when they ask an honest question, you're afraid of being honest because I'm like, 
And so you lie or you are messed with. Okay, listen, of course, I don't, we got to be sensitive with the truth, right? We don't, you know, sometimes the truth hurts and, and sometimes, you know, we don't need to be all like blunt and just like that. I was like, bro, chill out. You know, like you don't got to say it like that. In the New Testament, Paul actually says, love, speak the truth in love. See, this is the context of how we speak truth in love. So how should I tell you this thing right now? In a loving way. And the spirit of the living God in the, in the New Testament actually tells us that if we trust in the spirit and God will actually help us to learn how to talk to people individually. Because I know I can talk to Emily one way and I can talk to Mateo in a different, I can talk to Yami in one, I can talk to Rich in one, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk to you like I, you know, talk to you like I do him. I'm gonna make you cry or him cry or this or that because it, 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 it's different. You know, it's different. You just can't approach it like that. And so we are all called to speak the truth in love. And I like it flipped this way. How do you do that? By loving the person you're speaking the truth to, right? It's just loving that person. So we're supposed to not lie because why? We're supposed to love one another. And you do not lie to someone you love. You don't. You don't lie to someone you love. That is not healthy at all. Lies destroy lives. Now, what does the truth do? When you speak the truth, guys, look at the positive here. Look at the positive. When you speak truth, you know what the truth produces? Trust. Can you trust a liar? Can you? No. You can't trust the liar. Why? Because they lie. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's just, I don't trust you because you don't tell me the truth. And so the truth actually produces trust. Guys, I guarantee you, all right? I mean, look at even our relationships, our romantic relationships. You are not gonna have a healthy marriage or a healthy dating life if you do not speak the truth to each other. If you are lying, you're lying about where your money's going. Yeah, yeah. You're lying about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I made that deposit. I spent, uh, you, you pocket. You're lying about where you got your stash and he got yours. You know, no, no, no. You lie about money. You lie about where you are going, what you are doing, what you are lying. Guys, you cannot have a healthy relationship if there's no trust, right? That's how it is. Same thing, kids and your parents. Listen, I know we try to talk to our boys all the time, like saying, don't lie. You actually get in trouble when you lie, all right? If you were just honest with us, okay? All right, all right, we'll, we'll be upset for a second. But it just hits on another level when they lie for no reason. Why? Because lying does not, if I can't trust you, that hurts our relationship. You guys see that? Same thing, parents to to the kids. Don't lie to them. Don't don't give empty promises. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And then you don't follow through. And now here your kids are. I'm like, I don't know if I, I can't take you serious, mom. I can't take you serious, dad. Because I can't, tell, I can't tell if you're telling me the truth or not. That hurts your relationships. Your parenting, your romantic, all those things, guys. Lies destroy lives in this way. And so it matters. It builds trust. And guys, you know what it also does? It preserves justice. Think about this as a, on a large scale. You know, the, the, it said, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. What kind of a judicial system would we have if you could literally falsify evidence and get away with it, or you can lie as an eyewitness, lie, and, a, and literally, you know, judge and jury condemns a person because you lied. Obviously, there's no justice there. In order for us to have justice, we need what? 
truth. Truth matters to not only in your personal relationships, but in all of the relationships in a society. We need to know trust. This is why everybody hates politics. Because how many, how many times does a politician tell you one thing and then does the other? Right? And that's why I was like, I don't trust you because there's no trust. There's no relationship. And it's different. And so, guys, this is huge. And in essence, what God wants us to be, when he says, listen, do not, and for his people, this is for us guys. He says, when he's telling you, do not lie, you know what God is telling his people? This is what I want you to be. I want you to be a trustworthy truth teller. That's it. I want you to be a trustworthy truth teller. That you, that your word is your bond. Like that phrase, you've ever heard that before, that you, when you say something, it, they know somebody can trust you. Look, Especially as, you know, in this world that we're living in today, I'm going to talk to Christians in the house really quick and everybody online. Not everybody is going to believe and like what you believe, but we are called to live in such a way that our bosses or somebody or our neighbors would say, listen, I, I think you're weird. I don't, I don't know how you do that. You know, you, you eat his body and drink his blood on a random book. What's that called? Communion. That's called cannibalism, bro. But whatever. I'm going to leave that alone. Um, I think some things you do are weird. But I, but I trust you, though, because I know you, you got my back and you've never let me down. You, you feel me on that? Like, that's our character as believers. We should be like our bosses, who wherever you work, you should be the best employee there. I'm like, yeah, I know I can trust him. I can trust her with this because, because of that. And because they're a Christian, I know. I was like, yeah, I know they're weird and stuff. But you can trust him. You can trust her. That's what we should be. We should be trustworthy guys, but truth tellers. This is the hard one. There's a lot. I know this one's hard for some of us to be able to be willing to tell the truth. And by the way, the truth is not just two plus two equals four, okay? It means, truth means the truth of God, who he is. We are not called to lie about God, bear false witness against him to our neighbors. We are called to be a truthful reflection and witness of our God in our lives, in our words, in our actions. That's what we're called to do. All right, and so, and think about this, right? What did I say? Truth produces trust and trust is important in a relationship. What does God do? All he does is speak facts. That's God. God tells us not to lie because he does not lie. There is no lie in him. He only speaks the truth. And because God speaks the truth, he is trustworthy. He doesn't, he doesn't tell you one thing and then flip it out. He didn't write it and then later forget about it and flipped his mind and changed. God has spoken and speaks truth because he is truth. And because he is truthful, he is trustworthy. We can trust in him. All right, so do you guys, anybody make the connection yet between commandment number four? Take a break, don't work six days, and this one, do not lie. Anybody see it? Anybody see it? I don't know if by now in week four, you guys are artists. I know some, somebody's already trying to beat me to the punch and seeing if you can figure it out. I know y'all, I see it. But all right, here it is, guys. I said a minute ago, our relationships, we can actively be wrecking our relationships when we don't learn how to rest. Now, I know I say, wait, 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 okay, that sounds like commandment number four. What about the lie? See, that's why I said learning how to rest. You and I ultimately are called to rest in the truth. 
That is what we're called to do. Rest in the truth. When I said a minute ago, right, when we don't have, when you don't have that regular rhythm, if you're married, you need to have a regular rhythm of spending time and talking, communicating, you know, dating. Like, you still need to do that. Like, guys, when you get married, that's not the finish line, some of y'all. That's the starting line. You just, I mean, that was preseason. Now the season starts, okay? Now the season is starting when you get married. This is, now is, now is go time, all right? You need to have a regular rhythm of rest, of mental, physical, daily, uh, you know, daily, and especially weekly. You need to have that for your mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health. You need that. And if you're constantly on the go, you're going to wreck your relationships. I know that's, I did that. That was my big testimony. I worked seven days a week all the time, and my, my health wasn't good. I felt horrible. My, our marriage wasn't doing well. You know, I, the kids were whatever. They were a disaster. It was bad. It was me, though. I, I took all full responsibility because I was trying to do everything for them instead of being with them. I wasn't giving them the most important thing, which was time, you know? And I know that. And so you, you can wreck your relationships if you don't learn how to rest. But then the truth matters too. Because if you don't have truth in your heart, if God's word and God's truth is not shaping and reforming and reforming you, then you are going to do the opposite, guys. Because walking in the truth of God actually keeps us from living a lie. Then it's huge and lies destroy lives. This is what happens. And so you know what, what the Sabbath is supposed to be? You are remembering God. What are you doing? You are remembering the truth every single week. It is a regular rhythm of remembering the truth so that you can daily remember the truth of God and not forget him and not, not you know, sleep on him. Because, guys, we are called to live. If we hold on to the truth of God, he keeps us from living in a lie. This is why the weekly rhythms is so important. Because it is so easy, guys, for you to buy into a lie and then you just kind of go on cruise control. Because all these things are always covert, undercover. You don't see it coming. You don't see it coming until it's too late. And this is why this regular rhythm is so important. It's learning to rest in the truth of God. Learning to rest in his truth so that his truth forms and reforms us. It's all about experiencing. I'll give you another word for rest. Because the rest that God is talking about is peace. Do you want peace in your heart? Do you want peace in your mind? Do you want peace when it comes to, look at all of the stuff that you see in the world right now. I get it. It's overwhelming. Everything in your own life. I'm like, man, I don't even know what's going on outside of my own house. Because inside is a war zone in and of itself. All right? And you can, and you can have this peace right now that is always anchored in the truth. It's peace for your heart, your mind, your soul. It's anchored in the truth of God. Because see, that's why the enemy wants you to do something. I'm telling you, man, he wants you to keep going, keep going, keep going. And no, 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 and just do the little bit, man. Talking about, all right, I don't wanna get, I'm not gonna get into this, but let's just be real. Okay. The, the enemy wants you to give just enough truth to kind of like inoculate you, desensitize you. So you feel like you're doing enough, but it's, it's just enough that it's not doing anything. It's all surface level stuff, but you think you're straight. You think you're good. You know, it's just that little daily dose, like, you know, a, a daily dose of something. Oh, just, just get a little bit, just get a little bit, you know, like, you know, like, like a vaccine or something like that. Just get a little bit, just get a little bit and just keep going. Just a little, you're fine. It's just the bare minimum. No, it doesn't. 
See, I always, uh, I know D.L. Moody once says that sin will keep you from this book or this book will keep you from sin. Book meaning God is truth. This matters, guys, because the enemy wants you to, you know, go, go, go. Don't take a break. Don't take time for God. You're all right. He understands. You're busy. Just go, 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 go. And then you are not taking time to understand him or who he is. And before you realize it, you've bought a lie. And it's really doing damage now. Because, guys, the, the one thing that the enemy doesn't want you to do is to understand the truth of who God is. None. It matters. And so we are called to rest in the truth. And this is something, guys, that I, I want to challenge you to be a little bit more intentional now. With Some of you guys probably do this, but I want you guys to really think this through. I want you to really think this through because you and I are called to be, as Christians, we're called to be a faithful witness of God. What did commandment number nine say? Don't bear false witness. Well, you and I are called to be a faithful witness of God's love. And how can we do that if we don't spend time with him? It's all interconnected. And so, guys, because if not, I'm telling you, it could be one of the things where we're so mentally, physically, emotionally, maybe our relationships are at it. All right? It could be. I know, you know, again, with your mental health issues, it could be some other stuff, but I, I know that this matters. There are so much lies of the enemies in our head. Can't tell me that it's not doing something. It's poison to our hearts. And so well, what I want to challenge you guys to do is, is this term. It's, it's, look, it's science actually catching up with the Bible, which is crazy. There's a term called active recovery that people are starting to realize and see. This is for, uh, I'm going to help you guys out because I know not everybody in the house does this. But for people who want to exercise and be, be healthy, right? It's actually, they're showing that you can get a lot of results by just doing three days of, I'm going to sound like a personal trainer for the next four minutes. Just bear with me, okay? Um, if you do three days of intensive, you know, like weightlifting or some strenuous exercise three times a week, you can actually show a lot of results, but you need to do something on the off days, okay? Like you got to do something. This is called active recovery because when you do something that is extra strenuous on your body and, and your, your, you know, your, your muscle fibers and all this stuff is, you know, you have, it gets inflamed. You need to do something while you're not doing something in order to recover faster and get gains better and see better results. And so these active recovery days are something where, okay, if you're going to lift Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, then on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, you're stretching, you're, you're, you're walking, you're doing something that is light. You're not doing something crazy, but you're doing something that actually helps when you're doing the important things on the off days. Now, I know some of you guys, I know some of you, and your jobs are crazy. You, you don't got time to work out because you, the way you work, I mean, you're either always sitting down all the time, right? Because, and that's what it is. And you just don't have the energy or some of you guys have strenuous jobs. You're always on your feet. You're always walking. You're maybe construction and different stuff like that. All right, so when the opposite is when you're not doing that, you can do some, you can still, you're stretching, you're doing, again, this active recovery shows that if you're doing the little things, it actually impacts the big things. Guys, that's what God is talking about here. And it seems so small, it seems so little, like, nah, that's not that important. No, it is. This is active recovery right now. When we're not working and when we're not doing, we take actively ask and spend time with God so our spirits, our minds can be renewed by the truth of God. This is why praying, guys, is so important. This is why spending time, this is what we're doing on Sundays, matters so much. We just sang a minute ago, you deserve the glory and the honor. You deserve it all. Good. And so in order to be able to live, really, truly live in that way, that 
part matters. This active, spending time, this active recovery daily and weekly so that God is renewing our hearts and our minds. Guys, I got one last verse. I'm going to show you how this works in the New Testament. Let me show you. Philippians 4. All right, check this out. Paul is talking to this church in, uh, in the city, and he gives them this word. And this is, uh, to me, a, a good example of this active recovery, what he's talking about. So let's put Philippians 4. We're going to read 4 through 8, only five little verses. And here he says this. Rejoice in the Lord at all times, always. And I'm going to say it again, so I'm going to double down. Rejoice. Like, we have a reason to rejoice, not for everything, but in every circumstance, we have a reason to be optimistic because of God. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. For the Lord is, look at this guy's phrase right here. The Lord is what? He's near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So finally, whatever, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, look at the word truth there. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any moral excellence and if anything is praiseworthy, think, dwell on these things. Okay? So do you see this connection already between truth and peace? You can find peace in your heart and mind the more you reflect on the truth of who God is. And guys, I'm going to be real. He kind of gives us a really basic low bar. Like he's trying to give you, look, when you're not thinking about, when you don't have to think about your job, when you're not actively focusing on what you need to do, where should your mind default to? Whatever, notice he says whatever. Look, if it's good, if it's true, okay, think about that. If it's honorable, like obviously we shouldn't be thinking about dishonorable things, thinking about unjust things, thinking about impure things, thinking about hateful things. You know, we shouldn't do those things. We shouldn't. So if it's a good thing, it's good to think about. But can you, I'm going to rephrase this, guys. What, is there anything else more true, more honorable, more just, more pure, more lovely, more commendable, and more excellent than God? He is the perfect explanation. He is the perfect reflection of those things. And the more, when we're not having to, the more we give him our time, the more we allow the rhythm of our days to be interrupted, which by the way, that's it right there, guys. I want you to know praying with God is something that we're called to do with a lot of interruptions. And that's okay. He's fine with that. You got to focus on the job. You got to focus on your wife, on your kid. You got you to do this. You got to do that chore. That's fine. It's okay, God understands, but we always know he's on the line. That matters. We don't ghost him. Because the more we reflect and we are connected to the truth of God, the more, notice what he says, the peace of God that surpasses your understanding, like this is too good to comprehend, it will guard your heart and your mind. Guys, this connects. It all connects together. And so I want to challenge you because some of you guys are here and you took a break. You know, you gave me, you gave God an hour. All right. And then you're going to go, but I want to make sure I, I want you to just really lean in because what matters most, if you want peace, you want rest for your soul, peace for your soul. It's when you learn to rest and trust in God. And I know we got a lot of, you, you guys have a lot of unanswered 
questions and you got some tension that's all out and about, that God, prayers that God hasn't answered yet. I know, I know. But when you lean in and you understand the truth of who he is, that he is a faithful God. He is trustworthy and never fails. There's something about that when, when you trust in him, when you trust in this truth of who God is, you find rest for your soul even in the craziest storm that you may be feeling. Like I know it's hurricane season right here in Florida, right? And so you, and around the hurricane, we know what's in the middle. What's it called? The eye of the storm and the eye is it's peace. It's different. It's different. And the more we let our minds go and are shaped by God's truth and words. By the way, not just learning, guys, but applying it. That peace of God in the midst of any storm will guard and protect and guide us into what's next, into what's next. And he will lead us along the path that we need to and truly desire to be. But it all starts with us resting in the truth of who he is. So I'm gonna challenge you to do that right now. All right, I want you to bow your heads. I wanna pray. This is, I'm gonna pray for you and we're gonna pray with you. Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much because, Lord, you love us. You speak your truth to us, not just in your word, but even right now through us. You are reaching out to each and every one of us so that we can rest and rely on you. And I know a lot of us, Lord, I think we feel restless. I see it. Our souls are restless. Our minds are restless because we can't anchor it down. And so I pray right now, Lord, that you may show us how to put our trust in you in this moment. What, what is it, Lord, that, that is just out of whack and out of mind that, that needs to be put in your hands? I pray that we may do that right now. As we're praying, guys, I want you to notice that Paul says, whatever you think about, don't, don't worry about it, meaning don't keep it in your hands. Give all things to God, whatever questions you may have. Some of us, maybe we feel restless because of our inconsistencies we've been talking about. Some of us feel restless because of, of an issue, of a problem, the things in this world, I get it. But there is nothing too deep, nothing too big for him to handle. And so, God, Heavenly Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you may show each and every person right now in this place, Lord, that we may learn to put, God, our trust in you right now, whatever it is. God, I know some people have prayers that aren't being answered yet. God, I pray that they may put their trust in you right now, knowing that you have never failed, God. And I know, God, that, that you, you, you answer prayers according to your word. And so help us to learn to pray better prayers, not with selfish motives. God, every need, there is needs in this room. There is needs in this place. God, I pray that we may put our trust in you, knowing, God, that you, again, always provide and you never fail. And lastly, Lord, I pray for the restless soul that is watching and in this place right now that they can't seem to find peace. They can't seem to find satisfaction because they're looking in every single place. And, they've, and all they've done, maybe the Jesus thing, God, is something that they just do on the side. God, I pray right now that they may learn to put their trust in you. That you, may we not be people, Lord, who just believe in God, but that we believe you. That is two separate things. God, help us to be a people who believe you and who trust in you and rest in your hands. God, I pray right now for the peace that a peace of God that you promised in your word. That it washes away 
right now, all anxiety, anything that may be feeling. Lord, I, I know there's some of us that there's, there's an in, just, again, a restlessness inside. Lord, whatever sin there may be, whatever hand of the enemy, we come against it right now in Jesus' name and ask and pray. Again, Lord, knowing that you are mightier and bigger. And God, I pray right now that each and every one of us, Lord, that we all take that step and put our trust in you in this moment. Whatever that is, guys, even if it's your soul, put your trust in him. And I pray not only today, that this week, that the peace of God may continue to overwhelm and guard your mind the more you reflect on the truth that Jesus is Lord and he is your savior and who all who call on him will find life. In Jesus' name, I pray these things over you and for you and with you. Amen. There is no greater peace and rest for your soul that is found outside of God. And guys, I want to challenge you. That, I mean, there is an amazing rest for our soul when we trust in Jesus with our souls. Not just our past, but also our present and our future. Listen, I know there's a lot of things that can cause anxiety in your life, right? A lot of unknowns. But when you trust in the fact that you can know God in this way, when you know this truth, it is a peace that guards your heart and your mind, especially during tough times. This is the God, guys, that we have. This is why I challenge you always to revolve more and more of your life, your thinking around God. Put that element, if you're not resting in this way, I'm telling you guys, take time every day to spend with God. This was part of the application for week one of this series pursue christ connect with christ daily and with christians regularly but also with when it comes to christ guys let me tell you give yourself time daily in the truth of god rest in god's truth daily and rest a little bit more on a weekly whether that's a podcast like this a sermon when you gather with other believers that guys that rhythm matters so much and i'm telling you this is why the enemy and the devil wants us to ignore our daily quiet times our daily times with god and our weekly times as believers why because when he disconnects us from the truth he disconnects us from the rest from that we can have in our soul and this is a rest that lasts for the rest of our lives so guys i want to challenge you keep pursuing christ keep going keep living keep learning and know that you have a god that is right there right alongside of you wanting to guide you the rest of the way okay trust in him trust in him and rest <laughs>